Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. I'm happy to have with me today, Terry Gracieers, who's the executive director of Tuesday's Children. It's a nonprofit family service organization based here in New York. Following the events of September 11, 2001, which obviously took place on a Tuesday, Tuesday's Children was founded with a long-term commitment to serve and support all 3,051 children who lost a parent on that day. Terry has been a pivotal in Tuesday Children's evolution from a 9-11 focus organization to a nationally focused nonprofit serving military families of the fallen and other communities impacted by traumatic events and mass scale tragedies. A graduate of Fordham University, Terry serves on the board of Citizens Against Government Waste, the Sarita Kennedy East Foundation and the Santa Maria Foundation. Terry and her husband, along with their children, are lifelong residents of Manhasset, New York, based on Long Island, a community that was heavily impacted by the losses of September 11th. So Terry, it's great to have you um, with me and really sharing what, what amazing work you're doing. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Josh, for having me and having the opportunity to get out the word of Tuesday's Children Work, which has been going on for over two decades now. It's amazing to think how long it's been since September 11, 2001. And, you know, many of those children that were probably, you know, just born after that time that didn't get to meet their parents are adults now. So it's really, yeah. um, you know, quite unbelievable to think how time has passed. But share with me how you, you know, wh- what got you to, to, to really want to throw your support behind those children? How, how did that all start? So, you know, for all of us, we all remember where we were on Tuesday, September 11th. And I was like, you know, many other housewives in Manhasset, Long Island. I I was not working. I was raising my four children who are now grown. They're all over 21. I saw the TV and what was going on and, you know, in disbelief, like so many of us. And I, I have to say in some level, even to this day, kind of like digesting how that all happened to you know, maybe the greatest city in the world and the strongest nation in the world. But in any case, you know, I wanted to help. I knew many families in our town in Manhasset that had lost loved ones. There were close to 50 families impacted. When it first happened, they didn't know how many children had lost a parent. But turns out the number was 3,051. There was 108 children born after 9-11. I know in all of my four kids' classes, there were kids that were now 9-11 kids you know, just wanted to see these children, you know, I don't know how to stop terrorism, but I certainly, I had some nonprofit experience, foundation experience. I knew I could help, you know, just in sort of like a intuitive way to get these kids out of the house, to bringing them to fun family events, to try to provide mentors for these kids, you know, role models for them to help lead the way, to help normalize, you know, this incredible national worldwide tragedy that just, you know, still to this day, we're seeing the ripple effects thereof, whether or not it's the 9-11 responders dying. Over 4,000 of those 9-11 responders have died of Mm 9-11 related cancer. And so many of them are young, relatively young guys in their 50s with families themselves. And they were all the people running towards the buildings as everyone else was running away. Um, We've been helping those families for close to two decades. And 
Also, since the 10th anniversary of 9-11, we opened up our programs, which I can go into a little more depth other than our mentoring program. We do a lot of mentoring is the cornerstone of what we do here at Tuesday's Children. So whether or not it's a career mentor or a peer mentor, you know, putting people together with others that have suffered this loss or putting them with a trained, screened adult role model that will stay with them and be another guiding light in their lives. Or for the 9-11 kids, we're still providing career mentors because the youngest of those kids are 20 and they still need some support. Mm -hmm. Their guiding light was taken from them. And we want to level the playing field in the best way we can for those kids. And like, even now we're providing a peer-to-peer support group for the 9-11 kids because the 20th anniversary was tough. Um, It was tough on your average child, shall I say, with COVID, with, you know, everything else that is going on in the world, the isolation and the inability to connect. So for someone who's experienced a sudden and traumatic loss, I think all the more need to provide that sort of safe landing place, which is what we like to call ourselves at Tuesday's Children. Amazing work. I mean, really amazing work. What I, what I would love to hear is, it sounds like you had time. It sounds like you had some experience in the nonprofit world. But how did you literally get started? If you could share that, because I think a lot of people want to do positive things, but it's like, where do you begin? So if I would yeah. love how you got started from that first thought of, hey, you know, I have this experience. I want to help children to actually doing it. So, I mean, to be clear, I am not the founder. Um, this organization was founded by a group of uncles and cousins of 9-11 victims. So, okay. you know, it was you know, one gentleman, a number of gentlemen had lost their brothers. I say gentlemen because they were all men that I'd gone to high school with at the time. And they wanted to start like a special event resource, something where the kids could go, you know, to baseball games and football games and just to get out of the house. And when I came on, it was a special event resource. I think the additive uh, sort of elements that I brought was, you know, looking at programming for these kids. And it wasn't just me. We have a wonderful team here at Tuesday's Children, some of whom have been with us for nearly two decades. You grow close to these families and these kids. They become like family to you. And seeing these kids grow up, it's just, it's really heartwarming to see them now having children of their own. For some, and I started to say that our mission has expanded after the 10-year anniversary, we now serve Gold Star families, which are the families of the fallen nationwide. So many people, even in the town of Manhasset, which traditionally wouldn't be kind of a military-focused community. I mean, it's a Wall Street-focused community or tech or whatever. It's not like, you know, something where I think a large, you know, majority of kids kids would think of that. And I don't even think it was majority, but there are so many heroic young men and women from the community of Manhasset and the surrounding tri-state area because of 9-11 join, join the, the military to serve, to, to try to you know do their part to maintain our freedoms. And we see that it was because of 9-11. So the 9-11 families asked us, can you please offer this same platform of programs to these Gold Star kids? Because having a mentor changed my life, having a career mentor opened a door to a career that I never imagined I would have known about. And we do a lot of other things like for the spouses, the surviving spouses, 
both 9-11 and in the military, the Gold Star spouses. We provide life management programs. We provide financial management programs. We provide wellness sort of offerings, sort of yoga, meditation and healing and connection. I mean, what we mostly offer is connection, that we know that this organization will be there for the long term. We're not a grief based organization. We don't sort of say like, okay, do your grieving and in five years, you know, we we push you out in the world. We're with you over the long term. And I think that's what's like most important to know when you've suffered a loss. I don't have to, you know, join up and, and join in because for many of us, this is a club no one wants to belong to. Nobody wants to be part of this organization, but they are. And and we help them find strength. We help them find resilience. And we offer the programming that they need to get stronger and get back to a a life that they can maybe even, there's something called post-traumatic growth. And there are some people who've suffered loss that find that they've found, you know, unimaginable strength afterwards because they are doing something positive with their loss, which is maybe helping others, maybe, you know, becoming a mentor themselves. And it's, it's really powerful. It's it's great to see everything is what types of mentors do you have and how could someone become a mentor if they would want to be interested in in getting involved? So our mentoring program is just one of those programs that it gives more, I think, to the volunteer than it does to the child or young adult that they're mentoring. We asked for a commitment of one year to give four to eight hours a month to a child. That sounds like a lot, but I'll tell you, you know, it is something where it can be on a digital platform. It can be by, you know, Zoom calls like this or by texting. It can also be community-based, which is, I think, maybe the most sort of impactful program when you, we can match you with someone in your area or someone within a couple hours of you that you can visit in person and take them yeah. to the ball games or, you know, help them with their homework at times. It's a, it's a really a trusted friend, you know, that becomes part of the family. So while that commitment to be a long-term youth mentor is a commitment of four to eight hours a month, our matches last an average four plus years. Some matches have lasted nearly 20 years. If someone is hesitant about that kind of commitment, becoming a career mentor for either 9-11 or a gold star young adult is insanely powerful. I mean, you open a door for a kid for a young adult, and you change their life forever. So sometimes, you know, we have many of the gold star spouses, they moved around every two years, they didn't have careers themselves. You know, if they did, it could be working in a big box store, it wasn't something where they knew about Wall Street, they knew about tech, they knew about law, they knew about, you know, any host of careers, we matched someone who wanted to become an astronaut the other day with someone in at NASA. And it was just it's phenomenal because it gives someone that, hey, take this course as a major. Hey, maybe you can get an internship here. You know, these are sort of the things that how you have to network. And it, we don't promise anyone a job because we can't. But we promise, you know, a, you know, yeoman's effort to try to get you in the career that they that they want to be in. And I think it's something in my view, my personal view, we owe these kids. I mean, I'm not from a military family, but these kids have sacrificed so much, whether or not it's, you know, growing up like my four kids did in the same neighborhood. No, these kids bounce around, you know, all over the place. As soon as they make friends, they're going on to the next place and they have to worry about 
their mom or dad maybe being killed when they're deployed all the time, or maybe coming home and having PTSD, that they can't win the battle. And so therefore, 11, every day, 11 post 9-11 veterans commit suicide. When you count all the veterans, it's over 20 every single day. So most of the family members that we get in, we're in peacetime now. Most of the families that we get in are either through suicide or military accidents. And, you know, we know that's unfortunate sort of side effect, if you want to call it that, or impact of serving. So where can someone go if they want to be a mentor? Can they go to your website and reach out or fill out an app? Sure. And what is that website? Yeah. So our website is you know, tuesdayschildren.org, Sarah at tuesdayschildren.org. One word, she is director of our mentoring program, S-A-R-A, Sarah Tuesday's Children. Reach out to me, T-E-R-R-Y at tuesdayschildren.org. Just go on our website and you'll see you know, how to become a mentor. Newsday had a big article this past Sunday on a couple of our mentoring matches, two young boys who live on Long Island, six and eight years old have two fabulous mentors, but unfortunately we have more kids than we do have mentors. Wow. So we need volunteers. As far as, I mean, listen, it it sounds like every connection made with a mentor must be a story within itself. Is there any particular story as far as one of the children that sticks out for you? You know, not specifically sharing who they are, but just what their story, what they got out of mentoring. I love when the 9-11 kids who have grown up mentor the Gold Star kids. That's special to me. And we have a number of those kids that, you know, they're kids to me, but they're now in their 20s and 30s and they're mentoring, you know, a young Gold Star child. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's true. Each and every one of these stories brings tears to your eyes. It's just so incredible you know, if you read the Newsday article, you can see in Living Color the change that it makes. I mean, we had one, um, and this is the story in Newsday, his older brother had a mentor, and he was eight, and the youngest age you can be a mentee, you know, in the program is about six, you know, we make exceptions, we sometimes take a five-year-old that they seem mature enough to understand, but uh, for his birthday, his wish was to have a mentor. And I mean, I am tearing up right now just thinking that because we are humble to do this work, but I'd say we are also grateful, but honored. And it's a privilege to to help these kids and these families who have sacrificed in many ways their safety, their, you know, sort of sense of peace in order to serve on our behalf. And they're the 1%. They're the 1%. They do it and don't know how they do it. Well, it sounds like an incredible opportunity for people that want to positively impact someone else's life. We all know life can be difficult on its own, let alone being Mm -hmm. a loss of a parent or a significant other. Yeah, it's it's um, really sort of amazing when you kind of see the commitment that these individuals have made to serve. That the commitment to be a mentor and we don't, you know, I don't want to sort of seem like I'm selling because we want people who truly want to do this and truly will make the time. Sure. So yeah, and there's a screening and there's a training process, you know, when a child has lost a parent uh, owing to suicide, you know, there's certain warning signs to look for in a child. There's sometimes these kids don't even know how their parent 
past. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is, you know, a story that will be told over time by the surviving parent. And so we need training there to kind of how to answer questions when kids wonder how their parent died. And I think that that's what makes our program so special is that there is a lot of support. There's a lot of support through other mentors. You know, what if my mentee isn't wanting to get together with me? How, what are some tips on how I can help that connection be fostered and strengthened over time? Well, really, it's incredible work that you're doing. And I hope for those listening, we'll find the mentor to be able to add to what seems like roles that you need to fill. Yeah. I mean, I want to emphasize, because I don't think I kind of emphasize that mostly what we want these kids to have fun. You know, we take them to ball games when it's not oh. COVID football games, which is them to connect and have fun and not be, you know, a, a gold star kid or a 9-11 kid. We want right. them to be as normal and as healthy and as happy as possible. So it's always about fun. Well, Terry, thank you so much for sharing your organization story and being with us on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. Make sure to subscribe to Schneps Connects wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com.